God, it finally feels like fall. A little bit, a little bit. Florida. Yeah, fall. Fall leaves with a palm frond falling down. <laughs> Nothing's changed with color here. God, I love fall. I love fall. Yeah, it's playoff baseball. Oh, my God, last week was a disaster with the whole Tampa Bay Rays and, and the stadium and getting mocked out, and they couldn't hit, and they couldn't field, and they couldn't pitch, and they were walking guy. It was just, oh, my God, the whole thing. Oh, my God. But you know what? Full-fledged football. I know I had somebody asking me about the stadium and about this deal, and I'll get into it quickly, but it really it's old news around here. Around here, man, it's full-go football. Lightning season has started with the NHL. If you're an NBA fan or basketball, now is your time too. But really, it's football. It's football, 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 football. But what am I doing on the Rock Stops Here podcast in this episode? Talking with Tim Kirchin, who is a baseball just legend in the reporting journalism field. ESPN, Tim Kirchin. Obviously, you know him. You have seen him. He is such a good guy. Oh, my God. Wait till I tell you the background story after the interview. But he is really ESPN. When you think of baseball and, and, and reporting and ESPN, it's Tim Kirchin. It is Tim Kirchin. And I had the honor, the honor to talk with him about his career. I didn't want to tell him what I knew. I just hit him up. And one of the questions, he was kind of looking at me like, huh? I said, I am going to bring up something that no one might know. And he kind of looked at me. You know what I mean? But no, honor and a pleasure. What a good dude. Here he is. Without further ado, ESPN's Tim Kirchner. All right. I am with the Hall of Famer, just legendary ESPN analyst, accomplished author, great reporter Tim Kirchin how are you doing well I'm great I'm at a playoff game I'm doing the game on TV today it doesn't get much better than this and this is the best part about this time of year is you get to call a major league game and then when you go back to your hotel room you get to watch another one or two playoff games this is the greatest time of year there's nothing better than baseball in October it really is incredible because of how long you have been doing this even since when you were a little kid, right? Yeah. Uh, really starting? Well, baseball was the primary language we spoke in my house growing up. My dad was a really good player, and he had a great feel for baseball. And this is all we talked about, much to my mom's chagrin, in our house. My two brothers are in the Baseball Hall of Fame at Catholic University. So this isn't something that I got interested in after high school, all right? This is something that has been with me my entire life. And I went to Walter Johnson High School in Bethesda, Maryland, named after the greatest pitcher of all time. So I think there was a little destiny involved, too. Now, I know through some sources that people might not be aware of you are also a very good basketball player. Is that not true? <laughs> well, I'm 66 years old. I'm 5'4", 140 pounds, and I have an artificial hip. So I don't think that applies anymore. But I 
I used to love to play, and I played a lot, so it was great. Was there any truth to the rumor that you would actually be invited over to Cal Ripken's house and actually play basketball over there with Cal Ripken, Jr.? Yeah, I played a bunch of times with him. It was a raging conflict of interest. I shouldn't have done that, but just to show you, <laughs> just to show you the way he was, every once in a while, if we were on opposite teams, and his guy that he was guarding was late coming down on offense. He liked to pick me up at the end line in the smallest pickup game ever and guard me from end line to end line. He's 100 pounds more than me. He's a foot taller than me, but he enjoyed the challenge of seeing if he could stay in front of someone who was half his size. That's all you need to know about Cal Ripken. No, that's awesome because we have a, a mutual friend and he, he would always tell me how good Tim Kirchin is in basketball, seriously. Okay, so you were, you are still, but a great writer and you were in the business as a reporter and you did the beat, Texas Rangers, Baltimore Orioles, Sports Illustrated. You know, because a lot of people see you on TV and a lot of young people, oh, I want to be on TV. But the writing background, how important is that, Tim? Well, the writing background is the reason that I can do the radio. It's the reason I can do anything on TV. Once you learn how to write, once you learn, once you do the beat, I think you can do virtually anything in this business because the beat teaches you how to write quickly. It teaches you how to write on deadline. It teaches you where to go for the story. So when I, my TV career started at age 40, I had such a great background in the reporting of baseball that it wasn't easy because you know TV is a lot different than writing, but the principles are the same. So. Being a writer first is the reason that I can do other things now on TV and on the radio. Now, when you were doing the beat on the Rangers beat, on the Baltimore Orioles beat, you went to Sports Illustrated after that, correct? Yes. Or and that was an enormous adjustment because I was a beat writer, so I was writing every single day, like a baseball player plays a game every single day. When I went to Sports Illustrated, you're only writing once a week and now the pressure is enormous because if you if you mess up a game story one night because you're on deadline you could always come back and make up for it the next day but when you're writing once a week that better be good because there is no excuse oh i ran out of time or deadline got me magazine writing was really a huge adjustment for me i eventually figured it out but it was not easy just a couple of more so we all know you you know your analyst work and on espn it's incredible what is it like being as a broadcaster, a, an analyst on live games, doing that? You know, timing, not allowed to get in a lot of stuff, everything. What's that been like? Yeah, I, I love doing this because of the immediacy of it. Even, even as a beat writer, I would have to wait until the next morning to see my work. At Sports Illustrated, I would have to wait a whole week to see my work. Now I can weigh in immediately on a play that happens. And, like, I'm in on every play now. It's so good. So when I see something that is just crazy or amazing, I can comment on it. I can talk about it now. That's what I love about calling games is I'm in the middle of the action. It's almost like I'm a player, even though clearly I'm not. Okay, I always end with, you know, advice, if you can give advice, but I got one more. It's unbelievable for 15 years, for those that don't know, that you cut out the box scores of Major League games for 15 years. Un un that's unbelievable. Well, it was actually 20 years. Well, it was it 20, my bad. <laughs> I didn't know that. I 
this was pre-internet, and I needed the box scores. So when I would go take a trip, say from Washington, where I live, D.C., to San Diego, and I'm going to do a story on the Padres, and I haven't seen them in a while, I can go through every box score of every game that they played. And now I have understanding, like, this is what they're doing with their bullpen, or this is how they're playing. They're doing their platoon at second base. So it was a real comfort for me to have my box scores with me wherever I went. And I only stopped doing it because the daily newspaper business just stopped printing box scores, or I couldn't find enough of them because of deadlines and everything else. So that was a ridiculous thing I did, but um, I'm sure glad that I did it because it made me feel more prepared for every game. All right, here we go. Last pitch, ninth inning. You have made it to the top. This, this is how you made it to the top. You've made it to the top in your profession, and you continue to do it for a long time. What is the best piece of advice you can give someone young? And it might not be like a sports writer, whatever whatever field it is. You've been very successful. What's the best piece of advice you can give, Tim? Well, you just got to show up prepared, and then you got to try when you get there. That's the simple answer. But the bigger answer is you have to be curious about things. You have to watch a game and go... When's the last time I saw that happen? Or what happened on that play? Or that's pretty odd. I don't think I've ever seen that before. And then you got to go down and talk to somebody who played in the game and say, explain to me what happened on that play. There's no telling if you ask enough questions what you're going to learn. So that would beyond you got to work really hard is just be curious. Show up, look around, and then ask questions so you understand what you just saw. Tim, thank you so much. Continued success. My pleasure. Thank you. Now, that was just a couple of days ago last week. Seems like a long time ago when the Rays were playing the Texas Rangers in that wild card. We've since gone on past that. But I see, I knew. I don't really feel I want to even bring up his name, but one of Tim Kirchin's best friends is a friend of mine. I know him very well. And I remember a long time ago when the Rays were in the playoffs, I was working in TV. Uh, I traveled for the playoffs back in those days. And my friend that works in baseball in the PR department, um, told me all about Tim Kirchin because when Tim Kirchin worked for a Baltimore paper, I think it was the Baltimore Sun, but he was the Orioles beat writer. They became friends. They knew each other. He's the one that told me, he goes, you know, he's a really good basketball player. I said, basketball player? He's five foot five. He goes, no, 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 he's good. Really? Yeah. And I knew that Cal Ripken back in the day uh, when he was playing in the off season, he has a indoor, he has a basketball court in his house. Cal Ripken Jr. Loves to play hoops. And Tim Kirchner would get invited over there. And there would be some, you know, players, NBA guys and guys that played overseas. You know, good good basketball players. And Tim Kirchner held his own. Little Tim Kirchner, yeah. So when I brought that up to him, he laughed. He's like, not anymore. You know, he's 66 years old and, you know, not anymore. Kind of, but that was funny, wasn't it? Where Cal Ripken is such a competitor, junior, and he would guard Tim Kirchin, but a lot of people didn't know that. But Tim Kirchin's unbelievable. And so he, so then I took a trip last summer with this gentleman to go to see Joe Madden in Hazleton, Pennsylvania. And when we were driving back to the airport to go to the Allentown, Pennsylvania airport 
from Hastington, PA. He was, he's like, you know what? As soon as I get up in the morning, once we land back in Tampa, my wife and I are going to Cooperstown to the Baseball Hall of Fame because my one of my best friends, Tim Kirchin, is is getting in the Baseball Hall of Fame at Cooperstown tomorrow. I was like, that's awesome. So I knew all about that, knew the background, but I didn't really tell him until we uh, we did that interview. But he's got a good sense of humor. You know, I, I stood there and waited around. He talks to a lot of people. Like, he is old school. Like, he likes to get information, you know, not just the analytics. Like, everybody, we all have access to the internet. Everything is at your fingertips. Google it. You know, I needed some work done in my yard here, and a, the Spanish guy, and he just goes, Google it. If you don't believe me. Yeah, but what about do I do like the St. Augustine? I don't have a sprinkler system. Do I need Baha? What about Baha'i? What about this type of plant? He's like, I said, everybody gives me different opinions. All you all you guys that are in this, you go, Google it. I mean, you can get any information that you need on the interweb. Yes, but it's talking. Like Tim Kirchin spends hours before these games Talking, talking with front office executives, the GMs of the teams, obviously coaches, players. And I thought that was really good when I always do that end and say, what, you know, what's the best, best piece of advice that you can give? And, and how about it, man? He was like, uh, be curious, ask, ask questions. Don't just take things for granted. Ask, got to be curious, got to be curious. So that was interesting. But he's still going strong, man, and I don't see him stopping at all. He loves what he does. So very, very nice. See, years ago, I asked him, I was working at Bay News on the TV, and I said, Tim, could you do something for me? And and he did. And then, uh, what's his name? Uh, Buster Olney. Same thing. Did. And then, fast forward a couple of years later, and I asked him, we were on a field, and he's like, oh, I can't. I got to get permission from ESPN. Like there was a stretch where ESPN wouldn't let any of their on-air talent do any interviews other than being on the ESPN platform, blah, blah, blah. So when I saw him and I knew he was doing last week's series, I was like, oh, my God, he would be great to get for the Rock Stops Here podcast. But you know what? He's probably going to tell me I can't do it. You know, I have to, you know, ESPN, I have to get special permission. He was like, sure, no problem. You be here tomorrow? Yeah, see you tomorrow. So it was cool, 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 cool to see. All right, before I move on to some stories here, um, very quickly, because it's old news here in Tampa Bay. It made a lot of news last week. Last week was one of the most, really like a bummer of a week for me as a reporter covering a team and that would be the Tampa Bay Rays in baseball. Look, they won 99 games. They had so many injuries. They have a low payroll compared to these other big teams. And yet they plug and play. They made it. They had the champagne beer celebration. Even though it was day late, they're going. Boom, here's the playoffs. Boom, it's postseason. Boom. So I get over there. I get over there like three hours, four hours before the game. And it was really a strange vibe. I I went to the workout that they had the day before where no fans are there. They have a little workout. They're getting ready for the postseason. And I mean, it was like they were loose. It was a great vibe. The uh, the Hispanic guys, they're all hanging together with this 
They're playing like the salsa music and they're busting each other's chops and everybody was in a good mood. I'm like, wow, they're in the, they're, this is a positive. I get to the stadium, Tropicana Field, and I'm there way in advance, but it just seemed like ho-hum, like a regular season game. And then when they let the fans in, I was like, wow, there's not, there is going to, this is going to be a low turnout. And, you know, it's the Texas Rangers. So there's hardly any Texas Rangers fans that are living in the Tampa Bay area here in Florida. It's not like at some of these other teams where you're going to see the opposing jerseys. And I was like, it was just dead. And the race sucked. It was bad. Glass now was bad. Their pitcher and errors, walks. Jose Siri, terrible in the outfield. And it was just bad. And I was like, oh, boy, this is bad. And then uh, a couple of fans took video of the empty seats, and there was only 19,000. And again, it was a day game. It's already a, a franchise that has a problem with, with fans, and it's where the stadium is located, and a lot of the area is water around St. Pete, and you don't have a lot of, you know, blah, 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 blah. We've been through this. You, you don't want to hear it. But I've been asked my opinion about this. This is my only platform right now. The Rock Stops Here, once a week podcast. Yes, I go on 970 WFLA, talk football every Friday. Yes, I go on only once a month on 620 WDA. I go on this Paul Porter show. That's about it. So, I mean, I was asked by some fans, well, what's your opinion? I'm like, I'm not going to get into it here on Facebook or Insta, you know, Twitter. It's too long. I'll talk about it on my podcast. Basically, I got a video that I'm playing. Go look on my socials, whether it's Twitter at Real Rock Riley, Instagram at Real Rock Riley, Facebook, just Rock Riley. I put up a little video. It's, I don't know what it is around the country. When it comes to playoffs, because I, I see these fans, I see how loud it is, I see the stands fall, it's still just older, older fans that go to Rays games. I don't see a lot of young people. I just don't. The percentage is small. It's not like it's an event. You go to a lightning game in hockey, the loud music, it's cool. It's like there's a lot of young people. Bucks, NFL, it's mixed. But I'm telling you, you know, regular season, the season ticket, you know, it's older fans. And so I wanted, I, I wanted to just get a vibe. And day number two, game number two, Rays sucked that. I had a feeling that they were going to come back. I had a better feeling about it. Same thing, maybe a thousand more fans, 20,000 fans. And it looks empty in a big old stadium like that, you know, the upper deck. But let me go in the club section. Let me get a feel. And this is this this is a club section where you got to pay more. Everyone in there, everyone was seventies, some eighties, mostly seventies, a few in their sixties. I'm not kidding you. You go to the clubs in the Lightning, the hockey section. It might be businessmen that's taking their clients. It's date night. It's party night. It's young people with some money. It's happening. I'm just telling you the truth. I'm telling you the truth. And I got a video to prove it. I did a pan around. There was one guy that's playing a guitar because I heard it over the speaker. It's, And I was like, is someone actually playing inside here at the trap? I didn't even, or is it? Or, no, that sounds like it's live music. And I this, and the bar, the bar keep says, yeah, just go down there. Okay. And when I panned, everybody's like in their 70s. 
eighties. I'm just, I'm just saying. And St. Pete, my point is downtown St. Pete, St. Pete has grown so much with so many young people that have moved to downtown St. Pete. Yet the attendance for the playoffs is lower than what it was before all these younger people have moved in. That's what I'm saying. So I know they're building a stadium there. It's going to be nicer and all that. Even if it was in Tampa, I don't know, man. I just don't. It's it's an older audience. Unless all of a sudden, like young people, are they going to want to go to dates to go to a baseball game? Do they follow baseball, young people, in Tampa Bay? Is it a happening thing? I don't see it. I don't, you know, so I, I wish the Rays well. I, I love it when it's playoff time. So combined with the Rays sucking for the two games, they were bad, bad. Like this Nathan Ivaldi who pitched against them. He had been terrible his last couple of outings. High ERA, everything, whip, and, er, 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 and his stats, and, uh, and he was lights out. Montgomery, he's not a world beater. He made him the Rays. He looked like a world beater. And not only did you have two games that were terrible for Rays fans, but also here comes the mockery of Tampa Bay, only 19,000 fans. Heck, I was standing down by the third base dugout where the Rangers are, and he's an upcoming guest on the podcast, the Todd father. Do you remember Todd Frazier? He played a lot of years in the bigs for a lot of different teams. He was a Little League World Series champion from Tom's River, New Jersey. The Little League team from Tom's River got invited to go to Yankee Stadium. And you know how they do it with the Little League World Series players? They get to stand next to the Major League player. He got next to stand next to Jarek Jeter. And then you fast forward years later, he makes it to the majors. He's playing against Derek Jeter. But he's a Jersey guy, and so I got him on the podcast. We'll do that in probably maybe about two weeks. I got to get a good. I got a a Bucks running backs coach, uh, Skip Pete, that I've been holding on to. I got to play it, play that, and we got a couple of other things. But anyway, but I was standing right there, and Todd Frazier, Todd Father. So he did the podcast for me. Boom, and then he was talking to a Texas Rangers. I don't think it was either a player or a very young coach, and they knew each other. And Todd Frazier is a big, uh, he's a great dad and he coaches his, the little ones, he coaches them, you know? And so he was showing them video, this and that. But I, 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 I was waiting for Tim Kirchin and Kirchin was talking with the front office people and this guy in, in the Rangers dugout. He was standing outside the dugout. And I, was wait, I must have waited more than a half hour for this interview, at least, at least. But you just got to be patient. Hurry up and wait. That's that's my advice. If you want to get into broadcasting and you're out in the field, hurry up and wait. It's that's it's been like that forever and it's still like that. You gotta be patient. So I'm just in there and I was eavesdropping. I couldn't help it because Todd Frazier was right next to me. And he's like, nineteen thousand. They only had nineteen thousand here. And then the Rangers guy was talking about and I'm like, that's where that's all it was. So talk about like a beatdown week. The team get swept they can't hit they can't score they can't pitch they can't field and 
you're getting mocked out because you don't support the team and you're not a baseball market and this and that. It was just depressing. Really, really, really depressing, man. Oh, my God. So, um, you know, it was just one of those. It was really one of those. It's just one of those weeks. But as always, the days go on and things get better. And then fans around here just turn their attention to football. It was also a week where the Bucks had a bye week. So you didn't have any football. <laughs> and again, there's fans that are of a lot of different teams. And there's so many from different parts of the country around here. It is what it is. It's like Vegas. You know, Arizona's kind of like that too. So many have moved to the nice warm climate from the north. You know, it's how it is. That's uh, how it's been. And it's, it's growing even, even stronger. So I am now... I love, see, I love sitting outside. I love coming home. I love the evenings where I can crack open a beer and sit outside. And, you know, my wife, Emily's always like, oh my God, don't be, you know, you won't sit outside here. Who? So I'm doing it. You know, I kind of like it. And I see neighbors or I might be doing stuff on the, oh my God, the whole lawn thing. I've had such a problem with that. But one of my neighbors he used to be a, a football coach, soccer coach, um, high school coach. His son is a lawyer. They have season tickets to the Rays. They love the Lightning, follow the Bucks, that type of thing. And he, I, w- I would give him a little batting practice, behind-the-scenes information when they're walking their dog. They got two dogs. They walk right across the street every day. We got a little lake right there, and then there's a little bit of wood. So that everybody walks their dogs past our house. And so my wife is inside. She's busy, Addie. They're never out. So I, I know I even know all the neighbors. I don't know anybody. And uh, and I, I was like, oh my god, you know, they were all excited going to the second game and. Uh, and, and I felt for them, you know, and I would tell them, I said, I didn't feel the vibe. I'm feeling it now. We got Eflin throwing this way today. It's going to be good. And, and then when I saw him the next day, I'm like, oh, my God, I feel so bad for you. You paid for that. He's like, oh, I said, well, you know what? I know you're lightning fan. I know you're hockey fans. So it's hockey season and it's football. You know, there you go. Baker Mayfield. So we'll see. See how long this lasts right now. It's all good. Um, but it's funny. And, you know, here's the thing. I still... I've had it made the last 15 years. Okay? Maybe it's even is maybe the last 20 years. When I lived, I bought a I bought a little piece of land in a small little development right by this thing called the Bayside Bridge. And it was like so close to where I worked in TV at Bay News 9. I could come home from dinner, go back. Oh, it was great. And I would walk down the street. The builder that built the house, a small little house, nice. Uh, it was great. And then Emily came and then we got married and we had the house and then Emily, Addie was born and and then we moved. But, because you know, she wanted her own our own home and together and that was my little bachelor pad. But I was able to walk down my street, just walk down my street and go to my friend's house, Jeff Hoyt, and party, drink beer, party, and walk home. He had a detached garage. When he built his house, he was the builder. He has a long driveway, all concrete. And in the back, a big garage, big bay doors, big screen TV, music system, 
a big refrigerator, cold. There's a sink, even a bathroom back there. And, uh, and, oh, it was great. So I never had to go to, I never had to go to a bar. I didn't have to go anywhere. I just walked down to Jeff Hoyt's house and walk home. Great. So I had that for years. Then we move and I had a neighborhood bar that I could walk to once again. Never had to drive anywhere. Walked right up the street, crossed the street, a little strip mall shopping center, and in there was a neighborhood bar. I walked in. I knew my people. I wouldn't even have to say anything. Already pour my beer. Boom. I became friends, especially the guy that was the manager, Damon, other people there. I just vibed. It was great. They sponsored Joe Buck's fan reports once a week. I would go in there on Tuesday. They sponsored my report. I would get free beer, get something to eat on the house. Here I am, do a little intro, outro from the Pint and Brew in Palm Harbor, Florida. Boom, boom, boom. You know, it was just fantastic. Then after eight years, something like that, Emily wanted to move. Wanted to move it on up a little bit. Uh, he's going to be going this high. And that. So now the house that I'm in, I can't walk anywhere. There's no, I don't know anybody in the neighborhood that I could hang and have a beer with yet. And it might not be anybody. And I don't like driving because you want to have a second one and you can't have a third. You're going to be over the limit. It's supposed to be one in an hour. The one place that is kind of close by, I'm really not, I don't know, man. There's a couple of good people and there's another one. And oh man, he walked to the other side of the, away from me and it's just, I'm not vibing. And besides, I'm not, I want to get in my car. And so what I've been doing lately, now the weather is starting to get a little bit cooler again. So I've been outside and I sit down, I crack open a beer and I sit there and I just look out. I look at the lake and look at the trees, you know, and how you doing? So that's what I'm saying about you know, the neighbors, but I just haven't found anybody yet. And I just, and I knew, I knew how good I had it at a bar, like the cheers bar, like everybody knows your name. It's pretty cool, man. It really, it was great. And then of course I had a detached garage, my friend that lived on the same street. So, you know, and it's funny too, because when I moved from the house where I had the friend with the detached garage to the next neighborhood, for a couple of weeks, months, I would drive around the neighborhood looking, just thinking like, oh, I'm going to be hanging in somebody's garage, a man cave. But that doesn't happen. <laughs> you know, that's another thing. Oh, my God. On on Instagram, I have it came up on my my feed and I liked it. Now I'm it's called man caves. Oh, my God. Oh, some of these man caves. Oh, 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 I would love it. But all is good. All, all, all is good. And I guess you just can't, uh, you know, everything is going good. All right. What else did I want to tell you? Oh, I got to tell you again. I got to tell you again. It. I've mentioned this. Where does the confidence come from? From some of these people on social media getting on my case. And they're so damn confident. 
Like, look, if somebody disagrees with me, I listen. And then if you're going to call me out, I'm not, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to defend myself. Oh my God. Especially with the, with the bucks, like I'm over at the bucks all week during the week, three days a week. I'm in the locker room. I'm at the practice that you can see 20 minutes each practice. I'm in the press conferences. I talk to some players, get a question or two into the coaches, Mayfield, the quarterback, talk to the GM on the side, talk to people in the building on the side. And yet some of you fans are ripping me and I try to state my case that I'm there and they're still telling me I'm wrong. There's one guy's like, I'm stating facts. You're wrong. I'm like, okay, oh, oh, oh. so you're at practices. You're at press conference, so you're talking to players. And this guy comes back. You're at practices, and you still get it wrong. Sheesh. Like, you're wrong. I got facts. It. Where does this confidence come from? This would be me, like, getting on this guy or Joe Blow over here in his field at his company. Then I'm an outsider. I just have an opinion. But yet I'm so confident that he's wrong, even though he's there every day. It just blows me away. And then when when you don't want to be a a, a, wee, a wussy, a weasel, like just it's easy to block somebody. Try to let them have their say. Then if they're just such an asshole, like I don't want to deal with it, man. I'm going to block you. And then I've talked to some guys and they're like, no, nah, man, you don't want to let them just go. Don't. That's just an easy way out to just block them. I don't know about you, but I the the feeling to block somebody, oh, it feels good. And there was an asshole this week, boy. He was just on me being a douchebag. And I'm like, I'm going to block his ass. And then I'm like, now let me state my case one more time. And he still says, no, you're wrong. And you know, and I'm like, oh, let him go, let him go. But you know what? Like Deion Sanders says, I take, re- I keep receipts. Like I know who you are. And if you start constantly coming on my page and ripping me, you can have your opinion. I even said, you have your opinion. I have my opinion. Let's move on. And he's like, no, I already, I stated facts. Like, oh my God, man. And you know, there's more to it than just, facts like on the internet there's a lot of different factors with a human being it just drives me crazy it just drives me crazy i can't let him get to me (laughs) i don't know how those that have big followings that are constantly being ripped i don't know how they're able to do it man you got to have big thick skin you know but it just i don't know it cracks me up so listen this is my favorite time of year the fall Oh my God, man. And if you have any pictures of like the fall foliage, hit me up, show them to me on social media. God, I love it. I love it. And I miss it. We do not have fall foliage here in Florida. Like I say, if a palm frond falls on the sidewalk, that's our fall foliage. Uh, That's it. That's it. And I'm trying not to let little stuff get to me. Like you, have, you would have no idea what I've been going through with my lawn, 
with the, you know, I don't blame the homeowners association and I got this guy, that guy, and they tell me this and that, the disease, all the stuff that in your lawn. I'm like, I was telling Emily, I'm like, oh my God, I see pictures of my friends back North. They can lay down in their lawn. They don't have to have all these different, uh, uh, things you got to put in your lawn and trying to keep your lawn and because of the heat, the drying, the humidity, the cinch bugs, the disease. And I'm like, look at that green, green grass. And I'm going through it and this and that and this and that and this and that. But all is good. Like I say, all is good. Listen, I hope you're having a good time. Enjoy yourself. Enjoy it if you're up north before it gets cold. I know a lot of you don't like the cold. But really, these next couple of weeks, man, take it all in. Take it in for us down here in Florida. All right? My thanks to Tim Kirchin, ESPN. And just enjoy the hell out of this football season because it goes by fast. All right, guys, I'll talk to you next week. If you're not subscribed, subscribe. Hit a like. Give a comment down below. And uh, I'll talk to you next week. Thanks, guys.